Series 5 of In Suspense, a podcast and vodcast for fans and writers of crime fiction. I'm Leslie Cara and my co-host is Lauren North. Hello and welcome to our mini-sodes episodes with writer and psychologist Philippa East. Hello Philippa. Hello, hello. Philippa is the author of psychological suspense novels Little White Lies, which was shortlisted for the CWA New Blood Dagger Award and her latest release, Safe and Sound. Alongside her writing, Philippa works as a clinical psychologist. So each of these episodes is going to be about 10 minutes long and focuses on the issues that most of us face um, at some point during our writing life. So uh, let's get cracking. Welcome to our second mini-sode. This week we're talking to Philippa about how to deal with negative reviews. Um, So we all get one-star reviews and there are some that fall into the category of didn't get delivered on time or the cover was a bit screwed up. Um, And I think we can all just brush those ones aside and be like, oh, it's not really about us, so we can ignore them. Um, For me, it's the ones that almost play a bit on my own insecurities. So if I'm... um, like thinking that the book's a bit slow to start and then someone rips it apart being like, oh, this book went nowhere. Then I think that's when the negative reviews really get to me. And what about you, Leslie? How do you find negative reviews? Yes, I must admit, I've reached the stage now where I don't tend to read them. I mean, I I do sometimes, I'll skim through my reviews. Every so often I'll go and look at some Amazon reviews or Goodreads reviews, but I don't really dwell on them. I don't spend too long. I just kind of get a a rough idea of the most recent ones. I think it's more of a problem when you first start off, isn't it? Because you, 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 you know, you, you become kind of used to those bad, you kind of get used to having, having the odd bad review and you think, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to worry too much about this because often they're just nasty just for the sake of being nasty. And you think that's more about the person doing the review than than you but uh, I think you're right Lauren you know those ones that um, that focus on your own insecurities about the novel they're the ones that hurt the most but actually we can we can learn a lot from them I'm, mm. I mean I, I quite like to sort of if there's something you know that pe- a lot of people are saying I think mm, yeah maybe I'll, I'll try and do better next time <laughs> yes in fact and that's true because I think that's what Erin Kelly did didn't she she yes. um, looked at all her reviews and then set about writing he said she said based on this sort of general consensus so they can be useful can't they absolutely they really can but I, and I, I do think you know I, I do read a lot of things you know in author threads where people are worrying about reviews or posting b- bad reviews they've had and getting upset about them and I think just stop reading them but you know we're gonna we're gonna speak to the expert now uh, welcome yeah. back Philippa you know what is it you think that draws us to these reviews and what makes us you know dwell on them and and, and you know uh, uh, you know what, what what can we do really why do we seek out all the negativity I think that's such a good question so I think um to add, there's sort of two parts of your question here, I think, and I'll try and answer both. One is, why do we look at reviews in the first place? And the second is, why do we, to use your word, seek out the negative ones? Um, so I think, um, why we look at the reviews in the first place? I mean, I think this is pretty individual. I mean, you can ask yourself the question, and I think it's actually a really important question to ask yourself is, why am I looking at my reviews, actually? as a general psychological principle in life, with any behavior that we're doing, it's useful to ask yourself why you're doing it. (laughs) Um, So I think think instinctively, sometimes what's happening is that we're looking at our reviews to try and get a sense of 
certainty and control. And we've sort of touched on this already about how in, in the life of a writer, it's easy to feel out of control and it's easy to not have a lot of certainty. So I think sometimes we latch on to reading reviews as a way of getting, basically getting information. So we kind of, I think often the unarticulated reason for looking at reviews is I, um, well, we say it to ourselves, like, I, I wanna know how people are responding to my book. How is my book being received? That's what we might kind of tell ourselves we're doing or think that we're doing. Often if we unpick that a little bit more though, often what's going on is actually what I'm looking for is information to reassure me that people like my book. So I think if, if we're really honest with ourselves about why am I looking, often that is the reason that's underpinning it. I want reassurance that my book is popular with readers and therefore I can feel better. I can feel good about myself. I can relax. I can sort of think this is going well. Um, so so that's that's one part. And I'll come back to that in a little bit. Then the second part of your your question, Leslie, is why why do we seek out the negative? And I think actually it's not that we seek it out, it's that our brains are drawn towards it. And there's two reasons for this, basically. One is as a human species, generally, we have a natural bias towards negative information because evolutionary speaking, we are designed to be better at spotting threats like lions. Like when we were running around as cave people, we needed to be good at spotting lions and we didn't need so much of a skill at say spotting a pretty flower. If we spotted a pretty flower and had a look at it, more well, nice, but it's neither here or there. If we don't spot the lion, it's life or death. So we have a really well-developed mental ability to spot negativity because negativity is, is in the modern day is basically threat. And we've still got in our system, threat is life or death. So when we look at um, a range of information that will include positive, negative, neutral, gibberish, our brains will naturally kind of zoom towards the negative because we're just better at looking at negatives than or seeing negatives. The other um, real bias that we have in our brains is um, our brains will magnetize towards information that already fits with how we're thinking and feeling. So if I'm already feeling a bit wobbly about my book and thinking, Hmm, I think it might be a bit crap, actually. Well, let me go and check on Amazon and see if that's true. Um, our brains will naturally magnetize to all the information that fits with that belief. So that's going to be the negative reviews. And like you say, you know, Laurie, you're a bit like, oh, I'm already thinking my book might be a little bit slow paced in places. And then, oh, surprise, surprise. Here's a, here's a review that you've spotted that says exactly that. And the opposite is true as well. Our brains will literally repel information, will be much worse at taking information in that is not congruent with what we already think or feel. So even when there's positive information there, our brain will kind of skim over it or, or not focus on it so much or we'll end up dismissing it or, or telling ourselves somehow that mm, that's probably they probably didn't really mean that they're just being nice or something. So we've got these really two powerful biases in our brains that make it very difficult to come away from a scroll through Amazon or Goodreads with the positive information at the forefront of our minds. Um, so it's not so much seeking out negative, it's basically just being ambushed by it because that's how our brains work. And it is really important to know that 
when you're going into, if you're going to go into the process of reading your reviews. That's so interesting. Um, And I think I'm a bit like Leslie as well now that I don't really generally check my reviews, Mm -hmm. but you can't avoid all of them. I had a review in the Sun newspaper for Safe at Home, which was very exciting for me. It was my first national paper, Uh, but it wasn't that good. But obviously I saw it because I had to go and like grab that copy just to be in the sun. I was more pleased to be in it with a bad review than not be in it with a good review, but um, I couldn't avoid it. So um, what tips can you give us um, to cope with negative reviews when, when we do see them? I would challenge your statement that we can't avoid them because actually you didn't have to go and read that review in the sun. I mean, just just for sake of argument, I've had I mean, I'm quite extreme in the whole avoidance of review thing. I'm I'm probably much more extreme than most people. But I took the um, the the stance right at the beginning. because I heard so many other authors that were ahead of me saying I don't read reviews. It doesn't it's not a good idea. And I was like, I'm just going to take their word for it because they know they've learned. And I just took the view, I'm not going to read any reviews. So my editor would sometimes send me through like, oh, we got this brilliant review in, in you know, whatever magazine. And, and I just wouldn't read it. I would just email my editor back and say, that's brilliant. I'm really chuffed. Um, that's great news. And I wouldn't read it because there'd probably be something in there that was negative. And I knew that, OK, that's the one that's going to jump out. Or even if I wrote a really great review, my negatively biased brain would probably still go, yeah, but you won't be able to do it with the next book, will you? So... I think we can avoid all reviews if we want, actually. I mean, nobody's shot me for not reading my reviews. And I think it's a good question to ask ourselves, why do we feel we need to read them? Do we feel obliged just because somebody wrote them? We can still be really grateful for a review without having to to unpick it. Because are people writing reviews for us, the author, or are they writing them for readers? And actually, I think they're writing them for readers. Um, So... That's a pretty extreme statement. I'm not saying that everyone needs to agree with it, but I do think it's worth saying we always have a choice about whether we read a review or not. We really do. And you need to think for yourself, is it helpful to me to read this review or or is it not? Um, So I think, again, the really useful question is to ask yourself, why am I reading the review? And if, again, it's like because I want this to make me feel good about myself, then ask yourself, well, when I go and read those reviews, does it do that? Um, You can even, like I sometimes say to people, like take a rating of your mood on a day when you haven't read your reviews for three or four days, how you're generally feeling about your writing and your book, and then go and read your reviews and then rate your mood immediately after. Is it better or is it worse? Mm -hmm. And actually, again, if if what you're wanting from reading your reviews is reassurance to feel better and what you're getting out of reading your reviews is you come away thinking oh oh, crap there's all these things wrong with my writing again you need to think about if the behavior you're doing is giving you an outcome that isn't what you are aiming for with that behavior it's not sensible to continue that behavior Mm -hmm. um I mean I think I think that there's ways that we can buffer ourselves a little bit against, you know, negative reviews. Like you say, we can learn to say people have different opinions and sometimes people are just being mean for the sake of being mean. And sometimes people are just idiots. And sometimes the thing that someone won't like is something that someone else really likes. So it's all subjective. But then I would say, well, if you're going to dismiss the validity of these negative reviews, why are you reading them anyway? If you're going to say this person's opinion doesn't matter and this person doesn't know what they're talking about and it's just an opinion anyway. Yeah. And and I think most people who get 
numb to their reviews. I've just had to go through a way load of pain to get there. And is it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> do you think it's um? Do you think do you think then it is best to, in your opinion, to avoid reviews? Do you th- you know because I that's the that's the sort of conclusion I've come to. Just not read them. Do you think that's there's a real benefit to complete? I mean, you you've more or less just said that, but. You know, are there any positives, do you think, to reading negative reviews? Can can we glean anything from them? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with what you guys were touching on about, you know, what we what we heard about Erin Kelly doing. So I think that there's a place time and place where we can, let's put it, review our reviews to help give us some insights into what our audience and what our fans like about our books but I think there's a first of all that's a very different objective in going in for reading our reviews if again if we're going in I want reassurance to make myself feel better that's very different from going in with I'm going to take a quite a sort of editorial critique building my career taking constructive feedback and going into reviews like that Um, And knowing that that's your purpose and going in with that purpose and being very mindful that you're not kidding yourself about what your purpose is. I also then think with that approach, there's a difference between looking at reviews of a book that you've just put out and can't do anything about now. And, you know, you're going to just kick yourself thinking, yeah, they're right. I kind of mucked that book up. I should have done better versus reviewing those reviews to help guide you in future books. Like like Erin Kelly said, you know, if if her readers are like, we love the fact that she has these kind of characters or we love the fact that she writes in this way, she can be like, great, I'll focus on these things in a future book. That's not her just beating herself up about flaws in her writing. So I think there's maybe a difference about review, I, I specifically using the word review our reviews, because mm. <laughs> it's different, I think, than just reading them. Review our reviews to give us useful information for future books versus information on a book that's behind us now that again we have no control over because you again you don't want to be in a situation where you're feeling at the mercy of the industry or your audience yeah, yeah. excellent advice going in looking at them with an analytical sort of uh, editorial head yeah mm-hmm. brilliant sadly that's all we've got time for all been great advice thank you very much philip um so thank you for listening to our mini-sode with psychologist philippa east um philippa writes novels that really put the psychological into psychological suspense and uh, you can find a link to both of her novels little white lies and safe and sound in the description do check them out because they're absolutely fabulous books. And thank you so much, Philippa, for giving us your time today. You're yes. welcome. Thank you so much. Um, and if you haven't listened to already, then do look at Philippa's full in suspense interview, um, which is on author wellbeing, which is series four, episode three. So that's it from us. It's goodbye from Philippa. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from them. <laughs>